We're excited to announce that our very own podcasting platform, Zencaster, has become the new sponsor to the show. Check out the podcast discount link in our show notes. Stay tuned for why we love using Zencaster for the podcast. Are you looking to start your journey in podcasting but not sure how? Kangaroo Firm Media Lab got you covered. Everything you need to know in launching and growing your podcast is here. Book a call now at kangaroofirm.com. By the way, I just released my ebook Harness the Power of Podcasting. To get a free copy, just go over to mikosantos.co/freebook. That is m i k o s a n t o s.co/freebook. This podcast is produced and managed by Kangaroo Fern Media Lab. Australia's independent video and podcast company. We do the podcasting hard bits so you don't have to. We make podcasts easy. Book a call at www.kangaroofern.com www.k-a-n-g-a-r-o-o-f-e-r-n.com Hello, Humanista. This is Miko Santos from the Guerrilla Podcast Syndicate and Kangaroo Firm Media Lab. Registration is officially open for the Pod Fiesta Summit. This summit was created to help you, independent podcaster and entrepreneurs, to learn more and networking with other podcasters. We got 25 amazing speakers coming at you with the topics ranging from podcast editing podcast marketing, among others. This summit kicks off on April 10. It's going to be two action-packed days that you are not going to want to miss. Click the link below to learn more and get your free ticket. And leave any comment below. Tell me how excited you are. Get your free ticket at podfiestasummit.com or you can go to hopin. Thank you. Now, back to the episode. That the difference between those two experiences of running a business with a why and without a why or with a vision and without a vision is chalk and cheese. And so the difference is every day now I wake up feeling like I've got a good reason to get out of bed, whereas before I turn over and I go, oh, my God, another day at the office. Could I? Can I do this? You know, so... Uh, that's why I think it's, that's why I say to people, you know, if you've got the entrepreneurial spirit, if you really do want to be your own boss, you know, chart your own path, that's fantastic. But make sure you're doing it for the right reason. The Tribe Podcast Show is a production of Kangaroo Fern Media Lab, which is all about supporting you to start and build a thriving business. Tribe Podcast on Ozpod Syndicate. A lifetime of studying of human nature and her roller coaster of success and failures become the foundation of Janet's breakthrough work. At 48, she had it all except one thing. She spent her entire life chasing the deep contentment that comes from knowing your true calling. With over 35 years experience as entrepreneurs, managing an existing or ex- ex- exiting from six business in hospitality, advertising, property development, wedding planning, and overcoming the 
global financial crisis. Welcome, everybody, to this week's episode. We really appreciate you joining us. This podcast really shows us how we can all learn, live, and thrive off of each other. By sharing our knowledge through our conversations, we will impart some knowledge whilst learning ourselves how to progress even further. Here is your host. For today's episode, please welcome Janet Hogan on the fifth door. Welcome to the to the Tribe Podcast. Thank you so much, Mika. I really appreciate that uh, that uh, introduction. It makes me sound like a human doing on steroids, doesn't it? <laughs> okay. So let's discuss. Can you tell us about you and how's your journey being an entrepreneur? Oh, well, look, I think uh, for some of us, maybe it's in our DNA. I actually started my very first business when I was 16. Um, uh, for those listeners who are in Australia, you would be familiar with our most famous dessert called the pavlova. And so I set up a business making pavlovas from my family home and delivering them. And with that um, business, I saved up enough money to buy a bicycle and a boat, a little dinghy. Uh, but I got so much joy and satisfaction from making money, buying something with that money and being my own boss that I think it sowed a seed in me. And from there, I've, I've run uh, about six different businesses over the course of my um, career. When I search on your website, why do you say make money by making a difference? Can you elaborate that? I would love to elaborate on that, Miko. Yeah, so over the course of my career, I did... A, I, I, uh, started out with my partner, Ralph, and ran a whole bunch of different businesses, uh, a restaurant, an advertising agency in Sydney. Uh, we did uh, real estate development, um, bought, renovated and sold over 100 properties. And then as if that wasn't enough, we also set up and ran a wedding business in Australia and Bali, Indonesia. But I have to say that there was one your vital ingredient missing here. from each Take business. Take the first step on your side. Hustle with us. It starts with a great uh, domain. If you like an Get your podcast vision. web host um, with beard and coffee at www.beardandcoffee.com.au uh, because we had the capability and we thought, oh, that'll be a good way to make money. But there was never um, that, that why behind the business. And I realized only in hindsight, and now that I'm actually doing what I love, I have a big why and I have a big vision, that the difference between those two experiences of running a business with a why and without a why or with a vision and without a vision is chalk and cheese. And so the difference is every day now I wake up feeling like I've got a good reason to get out of bed. Whereas before, I'd, I'd turn over and i go, oh, my God, another day at the office. Could I, can I do this? You know, so uh, that's why I think it's, that's why I say to people, you know, if you've got the entrepreneurial spirit, if you really do want to be your own boss, you know, chart your own path, that's fantastic. But make sure you're doing it for the right reason. And it's much more than just about uh, making money. Money should come as a byproduct 
of doing something that uh, your heart is in, that you feel passionate about, because the energy of passion is ultimately what will drive you forward. We know that for an entrepreneur, it's not like having a, a job where you just roll up at nine o'clock, leave at five, and someone else handles all the responsibility. You carry a, a lot of responsibility on your own shoulders, and there are going to be hard times. And the, the way to, to get through those hard times is to be fueled by the energy of passion. In other words, you really care deeply about what it is that you're doing to the point where it's not so much about you, but about something that's bigger than you. And that's what I find uh, has um, now, now means when I do my, my work, it's not so much about me, but the difference I can make to the lives of others, how I can create some kind of transformation for others. That's what gives me the joy. And then the money comes as a result of that, but it's not the carrot that I'm chasing anymore. So what's your uh, advice for individual who is looking to, to set up their own business or getting into entrepreneur journey, but they don't have any idea how to start? Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, and I, I know the... Um, that was my dilemma, um, you know, when I started my first business back in the, in the 1980s, there was absolutely no information, there was nothing at hand to actually help um, guide us on our journey. So we just had to do what we thought was the right thing and consequently we made lots of mistakes. I would say, um, number one, the very first thing to start is uh, we think it's all about, uh, you know, things on the external world. But for me, if I had my time over again, what cost me uh, so much along the way was I didn't know myself. I didn't know who I was. I just thought that if I threw myself into something and worked hard, that it would be successful. And what I realized was that what's more important than anything is to actually understand what you need. So I would say the number one thing for any person starting out is to, is to know what your core need is. And uh, that's, that, in other words, what is it that's most important to you? Is it making a difference? Is it financial freedom? Is it uh, adventure? Is it joy? What, what is the deep-rooted thing within you that you're needing from the business? Because if you don't identify that from the beginning, I guarantee the business will not give it to you. All it will give you is sleepless nights, and much, much longer working hours. And the real risk for you is that basically you take on all those headaches and all you've done is given yourself a job. Hello, Humanista. This is Miko Santos from the Guerrilla Podcast Syndicate and Kangaroo Firm Media Lab. Registration is officially open for the Pod Fiesta Summit. This summit was created to help you, independent podcaster and entrepreneurs, to learn more and networking with other podcasters. we got 25 amazing speakers coming at you with the topics ranging from podcast editing, podcast marketing, among others. This summit kicks off on April 10. It's going to be two action-packed days that you are not going to want to miss. Click the link below to learn more and get your free ticket. And leave any comment below. Tell me how excited you are. Get your free ticket at podfiestasummit.com or you can go to hopin.com. Thank you. Now, back to the episode. You have to have 
you said you have to have a fat passion and you have to have you have to have a focus on what yeah. your idea is yeah exactly so i'll give you an example of how this works so someone i was working with not that uh, well about a year and 18 months ago now um she identified her core need as freedom. This is what was important to her. She wanted a business that would give her a degree of freedom. And let's face it, that's why a lot of us get into business, right? We want that freedom. We don't want to feel that we're accountable to a boss. So uh, when we identify a core need, what's interesting about that is that why it's a need is because we've experienced the opposite of it. We've experienced not having freedom. That's when freedom becomes important to us, when we we feel that we might have brought up, been, uh, you know, brought up... Um, uh, we might have experienced a background of being, uh, you know, trapped in some way or, or having our freedom taken away from us. So the thing that we want most for ourselves, then if we, if we get that in our business, tends to be what we want to give to others. And that becomes our why. So to continue on this example of this person who identified her core need as freedom, now what she's doing, she's working in the digital marketing space and she does done. She offers done for you lead generation programs, and her vision is to give freedom to entrepreneurs. So she takes the headache of getting marketing leads, and we know how you know that is a headache. Having to worry about that, she takes that headache away from them. She gives them the freedom to do what they enjoy, and what most operate, what most entrepreneurs enjoy doing is the idea of building the business, making the money, being the creators of something. They don't, you don't, they don't want to be caught up in how do I generate marketing leads. So, her core need has actually become her why and what what differentiates her uh, from other people in the same space. So you're saying you have to have a unique selling point if you're starting a business. Definitely. Yeah, a unique selling point that really comes from from you, something you feel passionate about. Uh, so for me, for example, see, sometimes our passion actually comes from our, our place of pain. So what my six businesses taught me was the pain of spending most of my life behind a desk doing work that I wasn't really suited for, you know, pouring over financial spreadsheets, managing staff, you know, all the things that I think drive entrepreneurs mad. That's what I was stuck with. And, and I, you know, I was brave about it. I said, no, I can do this. I'm fine. You know, how, how many times do we go, no, I'm fine. Don't worry about me. And we enter this space of self-sacrifice where ultimately we actually lose our identity. We forget who we are because we're doing things for everyone else, you know, for the for the team, for the client. Uh, and that kind of becomes our purpose in a way, but ultimately that won't fulfill us. And this is where we reach a stage of burnout. And I feel that the reason, you know, uh, small business and, uh, you know, solopreneur type companies or, or businesses run aground, you know, there's a, there's a high failure rate simply comes from this level, from this instance of burnout. We lose our passion, we lose our energy, and we get to the point of going, oh, please, someone take this off my shoulders. Can you do this for me? And I think that's just because we started off on the wrong foot right from the get-go. We put everyone before ourselves. We pay everyone first. What we must do is put ourselves first, understand what it is that we enjoy. You know, what do you enjoy? Find out what that is. And how can the business give you that? A lot of people, a lot of entrepreneurs I, I speak to say, I just love making money. I think that's wonderful. If that's your passion, that's something to shout from the rooftops. So focus on that, but don't get caught up in the day-to-day -day operations because you'll drown in that space. 
you won't make the money that you thought you were going to. So you have to create this separation, stay very attached to your vision and the core need that you need the business to give to you. It's your baby, but don't give everything to the baby so that it's depleting you. It has to feed you first. Good. So you're saying burn, burnout. So that's my next question. Um, as an entrepreneur, just like you as well, how would you advise or how would you manage it, the, the burnout? So, because most entrepreneurs are focused, passionate, and they don't believe life work balance sometimes. So how would you overcome this burnout? So it's happened to me a lot. And what we've done in the past, what I did, this was my mistake, was every time we burned out, we thought, oh, the problem is the business. Let's just sell the business and start another one. <laughs> That's what we did over and over again. So we never stopped to think, why am I feeling this way? So um, burnout tends to happen to people who really are very, usually very good at something. Um, and this isn't limited to entrepreneurs. I mean, let's include professionals here, you know, doctors, lawyers, uh, accountants, anyone who's running their own business basically um, becomes very good at what they do and they put all their energy into that. But it's still all about them. Now, uh, so eventually that person is just going to run out of steam. Like I, I, I use the example of my father, for instance. He was a very successful doctor. He specialised in ear surgery. In fact, he specialised in the those cochlear implants. And uh, he was uh, based in Sydney. And he uh, performed the first cochlear implant on a baby in the world. So he was very good at what he did. He was, people called him Dr Ears. But when he finally left us, which was about 20 years ago, he was an exhausted man because he put all his energy into his work, but it was still in a way all about him. So comparing that to say someone like Dr. Fred Hollows, I don't know if some of the listeners would be familiar with Fred Hollows. He was the same, he was, an, he was a surgeon, a very uh, competent eye surgeon, but he had something bigger, he had a vision. And the vision was to restore sight to people in undeveloped countries. And I don't know how many cases of uh, people he helped removing their cataracts, but I'm, I'm sure it was at least in the thousands. It might have been in the tens of thousands. Now, the difference between him and my dad was he had something bigger that he was working for, a vision that he could articulate um, to, you know, to restore sight in these populations that inspired others. Now, when you inspire others, they become attracted to you and they want to work with you. They say, I want to join your team. I want to help you in your vision. I love your vision. This gives me a sense of meaning as well. So what happens is the business is no longer resting on your shoulders entirely. You're able to share the load of it with a team of people. And this is, for me, this is probably the most important lesson for the entrepreneur because most entrepreneurs end up alone in a very lonely place. Because what happens is they tend, they tend to be drivers and drivers have a tendency to say, oh, I can do it better than that person. I, I, can, I can do sales better than this salesperson. I'm just going to, uh, I'll get rid of them and I'll do sales myself. Or, uh, you know, oh, I, I, I could be doing this accounting better than this person. Or I could clean this toilet better than this person. I'll, I'll, I'll clean the toilets as well. And 
eventually they uh, we see this lone wolf who's running the business on their own and uh, with no support and no team to share the load the load becomes exhausted so for me the answer to burnout is to attach your sights to something that's bigger than you that's going to attract not only um, great team great people to your team but also clients because clients, by your vision. That's what inspires them. And that's also what creates trust. Because when someone says, actually, it's not about me, and this has to be, this has to come, this has to be for real. You can't fake this. But when someone says, you know, I do, I do this work so that I can change the world in this way, we don't have to try and be Bill Gates or someone like that. It can be in a small way. It doesn't matter. But this is this is my contribution. This is the difference I'm here to make. Clients go, wow, you know, that guy's the real deal. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to talk to them. I'm going to reach out to them and hear what they have to say. So it's so, it's so important on so many levels to have this bigger vision, um, you know, for your business, but it's also what will provide the support crew that you need around you so you don't end up in that lonely entrepreneurial space uh, so that you've got a team around you who are supporting you because you're all uh, driven by a common vision. This podcast is brought to you by Ospad Syndicate, powered by Kangaroo Fern Media Lab. Kangaroo Fern is Australia's independent video and podcast management agency with a mission to help individuals and entrepreneurs to start their own podcast and harness the power of podcasting. Book now via www.kangaroofern.com. So one of your one of your um, buyers say, "I'm a ma- mindset rebooter here to help entrepreneur in transition, break free of their crazy loop." So, can you explain to me mindset rebooter? <laughs> Are you gonna yes. reset the brain <laughs> or the mind of the? <laughs> Yeah, well, it's interesting in the in the context of the pandemic and a lot of us being forced to work from home and in turn that's forced many people because they simply haven't been able to go outside and haven't enjoyed the same freedom of previously to go, uh, okay, well, maybe um, I'll do a little bit of inner work. Maybe I'll start to I'll see this as an opportunity to ask myself, you know, why aren't I more successful, for instance? That's a good question. Um, and so inevitably, when we start asking these deeper questions, it always comes back to something that's internal as against something that's external. So if we're just operating on a superficial level, it's very easy for the entrepreneur right now to say, particularly if your business is struggling, um, oh, it's all about this crazy pandemic, you know, and, and we tend to blame things on the outside. But even those things, as as much as they might seem like great inhibitors to business right now, the biggest hurdle that we have to face is, and always has been in the history of mankind, has been ourselves. And in particular, the programming that goes on in our mind. So uh, the the reason that this is such a big issue for us is that by and large, we're not aware of that programming. Uh, so you mentioned, uh, Miko, the, the crazy loop. Um, if you like, I can just talk, I can just speak to that and explain what I mean by that crazy loop. Um, so what happens? Um, imagine that 
we're not that much different from, say, a computer that has programming. And if there's some kind of bug or virus in that program, you know what happens to the computer. It, it usually slows down, doesn't it? It causes it to slow down and it might even uh, cause it to stop operating altogether. Human beings are no different. Our minds can have a similar type of uh, a mental virus, if you like, that stops us functioning at our peak potential. And it's very important that we understand how all of that works. So um, it's pretty much a given, and you don't have to be a psychologist to understand this, that anything, any area where we tend to work against ourselves, where we might self-sabotage, where we might have that little voice that says, oh, I've got this great idea for a business, and then another voice says, yeah, and here's why you can't do it, you know, and gives us all the reasons to feel self-doubt. Uh, that actually comes from somewhere. That comes as a result of something. And almost always, it's a result of something that happened to us in our childhood. So there was a time when we were very vulnerable, very impressionable, uh, that, and typically this is between the ages of zero and seven, something happened to us and there's a very good chance you can't even remember this event in your life. It might be so suppressed. Um, but you experienced some kind of shock or something that made you feel unsafe or maybe not loved. And as a child, that's very, very difficult for us to deal with because we just want to, we want to survive, we want to feel safe, and, of course, we don't want to be rejected by our tribe. So for the first time, we experience an emotion that we can't deal with. We don't know, uh, we don't know how to process it. It's too big for us. Uh, so to give you an example, um, I'll use myself as an example. So when I was four years old, I was a very adored only child, and that's exactly how I liked it. <laughs> but the day my baby sister came home from the hospital, all of that changed. And I was standing in the room and just watched as all the eyes of the room, all the family and friends went from me to her. So in that moment, what did I think? Oh, mummy and daddy, I'm not enough to make mummy and daddy happy, right? That's how a child thinks. I thought that they'd bought my baby sister from a shop. And so uh, about six weeks later, we went shopping and I found all these price tags um, on appliances in the department store and I stuck them on my baby sister's forehead, hoping someone would buy her back. Um, instead, they didn't, but my mum got terribly angry with me. So this is an example of a shock that I'm, I'm talking about here. And um, she, she was very upset and she was tired and she said, you know, Janet, you naughty, naughty girl. And she chased me with the wooden spoon and sent me to my room. So, so how does a little child respond when something like that happens? We feel terrible, right? We go, oh, my goodness, you know, there's something wrong with me. Um, and and that's, that's how we can best describe this feeling of shame or guilt. So this is this feeling of shame or guilt, if you like, that's, that's what enters our system and stays hardwired into us. And it's such a painful experience that in order to make it more bearable, what happens is we create a story around that. So my mum would say to me, you naughty girl, and that became my story. I thought, oh, okay, I am naughty, right, because it's this is what my mum is telling me. And so next time I get into trouble, what happens? It doesn't hurt so much because I'm going, yeah, but I'm naughty. So I know that already, okay? So every one of us, this, this same type of programming happens to every one of us. Like what you hear so far? Make sure you never miss an episode by clicking the subscribe button now. This podcast is possible by listeners like you. Thank you for your support. Now back to the show. Um, 
we don't, and I call this, uh, this has a name, this mental termite, if you like, I call it your core destructive belief. Now, you probably don't know what your core destructive belief is because it's below the surface of you and you're probably not aware of it. But uh, suffice to say, it plays havoc with your life going forward. Uh, it might be something like, you know, I'm, I'm the source of all evil. They can be very dark or I'm absolutely worthless. Um, you know, I am of no value. It's in this area of uh, uh, that there's something missing from us, something lacking, something wrong with us. Uh, you know, I am defective. I'm damaged goods. There's hundred, there are hundreds and hundreds of them, but we all have our own uh, unique one. So what happens every time that that false narrative or that that story, that wrong story gets triggered, it creates in another ripple effect, which is fear within us. Now, what happens when we feel fear? So for me, that fear of, uh, you know, I'm a naughty girl, I'm naughty, was the fear of getting into trouble. So this fear and your core fear, uh, you probably don't know what your core fear is, but it's within your system, is what will drive your behaviour. Okay, so... So if my core fear is getting into trouble, what do I as a four-year-old do? I go to school and I become the teacher's pet. I do everything to stop myself getting into trouble. And so accordingly, I become probably this unbearable goody-goody um, to my friends. This is what we call the overcompensating self. And we see the overcompensating self in the entrepreneurial space a lot. So this is where you say, you know, it's almost like we become heroic. I can do everything. I can do it. I just have to apply myself and I can get through this. It's almost like we become holier than thou, someone who's impossibly uh, successful and perfect. And we do this because there's a sense of there's something wrong with me that we can't face. And so as a response to that, we try and overcompensate by being super good, super successful. You know, I'm going to break all the records. What happens when we live in that overcompensating place? Well, this is where burnout happens because we're trying to be all things to all people. I'm going to be the best leader. I'm going to look after my team. I'm going to make all, create all these goals and I'm going to achieve all these goals. And, of course, because it's not coming from with us but we're trying to just be someone who we're not, we're playing to a false identity. Even if we get that goal, it's not very satisfying. We go, oh, okay, well, I've got that. I've done that now. Now I've got to set another one and another one and another one. And this is where we reach a point of burnout. So this is the crazy loop that I'm talking about, that we keep swinging between these two uh, different uh, extremes of ourselves, you know, this sense of inner wrongness created by the core destructive belief and then the sense of self-righteousness created by the overcompensating self, which is where most entrepreneurs tend to live in that space. And that's the space of burnout. That's very well said, uh, Janet, for explanation in relation with the, the burnout. And mm -hmm. so could you tell us the how the PIP door started or was born? Yeah. Oh, thank you for asking, Miko. It, well, um, it was interesting. In about 2007, uh, after being in the entrepreneurial space for about 35 years, I finally got everything I thought I wanted. So I had the big house on the waterfront. Uh, for those of you in Australia, you're probably familiar with the Wit Sundays, which is Australia's answer to the Caribbean. Private beach next door, you know, tropical lifestyle that would be the envy of Richard Branson. Uh, a solid marriage, three beautiful daughters, you know, millions at my disposal. I, I had all of that. 
And I never forget sitting in my kayak one Sunday on this beautiful glassy bay with turtles bobbing up and down in the bay and just looking at everything we owned. And instead of the promised happiness that I expected, all I felt was emptiness. And uh, I, I thought, ah, that's interesting. Um, I've spent my whole life climbing a mountain to reach the top and realised that it was the wrong one. But I didn't do anything with that. I just kept on forging ahead. And then the very next year, 2008, we had the global financial crisis, um, which for a lot of us was what uh, similar to COVID and the, the pandemic um, in the same way that the pandemic has shown us that we can lose everything overnight in the business world. 2008 was very similar to that. A different cause, same effect. So I watched for 12 months as just about everything we'd worked so hard for just disappeared because I'd taken out a margin loan. Remember my core destructive belief, I'm naughty? Yeah, I'm a risk taker. <laughs> there you go. So it was driving my behaviour. I ignored the advice of my accountant and took out the margin loan. I didn't realise I was being driven by this core destructive belief. And I thought, oh, that's me just being adventurous and brave. But it was actually a negative thing in this case. So accordingly, when we lost our money, I felt terrible shame, absolute shame. You know, it's all my fault. I didn't blame Wall Street. I just blamed myself to the point where I just wanted to check out permanently. And uh, I, I just thought, oh, you know what? The world will be a better place without me at this point. So fortunately, I didn't go that, uh, that far. But it did. I think when something like this happens, at this, this level of crisis, something within us has to change. Uh, we cannot go back to life as it was before. And so I had to let go of this belief that, you know, the harder I work, the more money I make, and the more money I make, the happier I'll become. I had to let go of that. And I thought, well, what is going to give me happiness? Because clearly I had all that money and it, I still felt empty inside. So that's when I started doing lots of workshops, uh, seminars, listening to thought leaders, trying to find out well, how, how do you find fulfillment? What is that about? How do I get happy? Um, and uh, I couldn't find anyone who had all the answers. So because my background's advertising, I thought, well, you know what? <laughs> Out of frustration, I'll create my own program and we'll see how we go with that. And so that's what I did. And I called it the fifth door because just imagine for a moment that there are five doors. And just see, as I go through this, you might, uh, you might recognise that you're behind one of these five doors. So the first door we call living hell. And that's whatever your worst nightmare is. Uh, you know, uh, it might be anxiety, chronic depression, or it might be, you know, loss of someone close to you, whatever that is. We've all been behind doorway one. Uh, doorway two is treadmill. And that's a life of compliance, you know, the nine to five life where you obey the rules, you do what you're told to do, you comply. And even people in the professional space uh, can fall, can find themselves behind doorway too. You know, they, they become a doctor because that's what society said they should become because then they'll have lots of status and good income. Um, fortunately, there are three more doors. So doorway three is roller coaster. And that's, I, I, I meet up with a lot of entrepreneurs in this space and that's where we go, you know what, I'm going to break out, I'm going to do my own thing and I'm going to be successful, I'm going to be my own boss and I'm going to make lots of money. And it usually doesn't end up that way. And so it's like a roller coaster where it feels like there are more downs than ups. And then I was very lucky to get to door four, which I call Pipe Dream. And that's Pipe Dream harks back to the days of opium dens when uh, people would sit around smoking, smoking opium 
and living in a delusional kind of uh, idea of what paradise was. And so this is door four. Pipe dream is uh, it's the successful life, but it's someone else's definition of success. It's actually not satisfying anything internally. And that's why some of us who get to this point uh, are surprised to not find the happiness that we thought we would at this, at this level. We go, what's missing? And, and then feel guilty because we don't feel more grateful. We are Independent Podcast Network. We are Guerrilla Podcast Syndicate. Would you like to hear your brand while supporting quality podcasts? Contact us now at advertise at guerrillapodcastsyndicate.com. So this is where we come to the fifth door. And the fifth door is where we cross a very significant threshold, where we cross into the realm of going, actually, what if I made this all about me? What if I did what I enjoy? Now, you might not even know what that is. I, I know that I lost touch with myself. I couldn't tell you what I enjoyed. Um, when, when a business coach said to me, Janet, what do you want? I looked at my blank page and burst into tears. I had no idea. Um, but imagine for a moment that you do have this clarity. So you know what you enjoy and you also know what you're good at. And there's a third piece to this. And there's a problem, just imagine this, there's a problem that you were born to solve that comes from your pain and that by solving this problem, you're adding value to the lives of others and you're solving the problem by doing what it is you enjoy and what you're good at. Can you see how powerful that is? So it's what you enjoy, it's what, what energizes you and what energizes you even more is that you're using the special talent that you have, the thing that you love doing, to make a difference to the lives of others. Now. When you can find out what that combination is, that's the trifecta. That's where everyone's a winner at that point. You're a winner because you're doing what you really enjoy, what gives you energy, and so are your clients because you're putting your heart into the work um, and you're creating real results, real change as, as a result, uh, and so you get rewarded accordingly. Uh, but we're not chasing the dollar here necessarily, unless that is your passion, of course. If it's your passion, that's fine. But you're you're chasing whatever it is, you, uh, whatever it is that you love doing. You're satisfying that core need. You're helping others, and of course, then the money flows as a byproduct of that. Well, so that's how I created the program. <laughs> okay, yeah, that's a that's a good um, explanation and very well said. So, so you're saying that if you want to become an entrepreneurs, you have to go with your passion and then next is the profit because if you say profit first then you're going to be on the crazy loop yeah that's right because money in of itself uh, uh doesn't fulfill you the things that money buys uh might give you status uh might give you comfort might give you a level of security uh, but they're not necessarily things that are permanent. We've seen with COVID how quickly that those those losses could be accrued, uh, just like that. You know, we we've seen the pillars of wealth and health both crumble. Um, the only thing that we can fall back on going forward, because how quickly is the world changing? I mean, it's absolutely incredible the rate of change that we're witnessing right now. I don't think. I mean, this is a first, isn't it, for the human species to see change at this pace. So I don't know that anyone can really predict what the future holds at this point. The only thing that we can control in this context 
is how we respond to the change. So the only place that we have to go if we want the resilience to deal with what the future deals us with is to understand uh, what it is that lights us up, where that spark of passion lies, because that's what will get us through. That's what will give us the energy to persevere with what will be the inevitable hurdles that we have to face uh, going forward. So this is the opportunity we've been given this time, actually. This is the breathing space that we've been given to go, all right, um, you know what? I'm going to find out what it is I actually do enjoy because that kind of makes sense, doesn't it? If I do what I enjoy, what I enjoy and I have more energy accordingly, um, our energy barometer is pretty much an indicator of how successful we are. So if your energy level for what you're doing currently is about three out of 10, probably better better, up, better off not pursuing it. But if you've got an energy barometer of, say, or an energy rating of, say, eight out of 10 or above, you probably you can probably confidently say that you're in the right zone and that just to continue on that. And that energy level is what will see you through the the inevitable hurdles that are, you know, awaiting us out there in the future. Thank you for that. Before the final advice, can you tell us, what is, do you have any recommended book and a podcast as well that you are also listening as well and reading? Yes. Yeah. Uh, so I have to admit, I'm not a big reader. Um, I love listening to podcasts. So this is something I found out about myself, that even though I always wanted to be a writer when I was young, I was actually more auditory. So these are the little bits about ourselves we have to understand. What's our key learning modality? So I actually love listening to podcasts and I love speaking as well. Um, I love listening to Russell Brand, actually. So he's not a classic entrepreneur. I guess I'd call Russell more of a thought leader. Uh, but he brings into his space some very interesting people. And what I like about him, apart from the fact he can be a bit self-indulgent, but overall, he's pretty funny. I like his humour, but I particularly I particularly like his vulnerability, um, his ability to talk about his addictions, talk about how he's struggling. And I think going forward um, for all entrepreneurs, the key to trust, getting trust from your clients, uh, trust from the people who you work with, is being able to be vulnerable. What does that mean? It's owning up to your mistakes. It's saying, I really stuffed this up. I, you know, I did this. It's, it's bringing ourselves, uh, we're leading by example. Um, you know what it's like in a, when you're leading a team and no one wants to admit having made a mistake, especially if it's cost you money. No one, you, no one tells you about it. They don't tell you. <laughs> and so everyone covers everything up. And I've experienced that many, many times. Uh, the way around that is to say, you know, I've made mistakes, I've lost money, um, and suddenly we're opening the door to uh, people going, yeah, okay, so, all right, it's fine if I make a mistake. I don't have to be so scared of that. Um, so, yeah, for podcasts, that's, uh, I like listening to Russell. Um, he has an interesting mix of guests, uh, and, he, and he also talks a lot about mindset, which is my fascination. Um the other thing in terms of books, well, this is a book I've just finished reading, um, which is right up my alley, Find Your Why. So that's by Simon Sinek. Everyone would have heard of Simon Sinek. Um, and that was co-written with two people who are on his team. Um, I find this, this is a useful book. I, it's not the definitive guide. I think there are pieces that they don't cover. But I think if you want to start to look at uh, okay, how do I unearth my passion? I think this is a good place to start. What I love is the emphasis that it places on the why, because when you've got that in place, then the how and the what tend to come off the back of that. 
Um, otherwise, you're kind of starting with a blank page in, in business. And I think that can be, uh, that's a scary place to be. And then you can easily fall into the trap of, oh, I'm doing this to make money. And, and we kind of know where that ends up. So, uh, yeah, that, I would recommend that book for anyone who wants to explore this concept uh, even further. Thank you so much for that. Do you have any final advice or anything else you want to share or any key to making your business fly? A absolutely. I would say um, if you feel that there's a little spark within you, something that wants to find expression, uh, that's what we're talking about. When we talk about passion, um, the word passion used to really annoy me because I didn't feel passionate. And the word purpose used to annoy me because I didn't know what that meant. <laughs> But having experienced it, I, I understand just how important that is. But what happens is when we work very hard and we can almost become workaholics and put all ourselves into the work, uh, we squash that, that, that little flame, that spark. But that spark holds the key to your success. Uh, so I would be saying to um, anyone listening to this, pay attention to that spark. Uh, don't let it be crushed or suppressed. Do whatever you can to bring that up. And don't allow your doubting voice to quell that spark. Um, just remember what I shared with you in that crazy loop, how we create these stories that are embedded in us about why there's something wrong with us, why we're not good enough, why we're not enough. Uh, and remember that that's just a story. And if you take nothing else away from this podcast, just understand there is nothing wrong with you. If you want to succeed, you absolutely can. But don't try and do it without acquiring a lot of self-knowledge. Start with you. So Simon Sinek might say, start with why. I'll say, I'll say start with you. <laughs> start with who? Start with you. Start with you. Get to find out what it is that's going to take you through the tough times, what, what you enjoy, what you're passionate about, and then everything should flow off the back of that. And that's when I think you can find the holy grail, which is, making a living doing what you love. A lot of cynics and skeptics say, no, you can't do that. You absolutely can. And you owe it to yourself to find out how you can do that. Thank you so much for that. So if anyone wanted to have a chat with you, how to contact you? How they can well, contact the best, you? Yeah, the best way to contact me actually is just on LinkedIn. Uh, that's where I find uh, most of my people, and I'm always uh, approachable by email as well, Janet, Ho Janet at janethogan.com. Um, my website's just being uh, built at the moment, so I won't advertise my website, but I will say um, that this last year has been uh, amazing in terms of uh, being able to work with people all around the world. And that's why I'm uh, creating my website afresh now uh, with programs that can be taught online. So just one other thing I'm thinking, Miko, is a, I think a really important message. When you're in the entrepreneurial space, you might have limited your thinking to your geographic location. And what I'm finding, um, I'm based in Australia, um, but most of the people I'm working with are actually in, in America, in the U.S., and that's totally thanks to COVID. So previously I was based in Bali. I was doing workshops, live workshops at our venue there, face-to-face, -face, in person. People had to fly to Bali to work with me and now everything's happening online. Uh, so just remember that, that uh, the world has just expanded uh, in a huge way. And if you can somehow bring your product online, 
uh, that's the key. Everything's online. We know that people are working from home online. Um, so just think how you can launch yourself online and think about your ideal customer it might not be in your country, but somewhere far flung. But I'm sure they're waiting out there for you. Thank you so much. So that's in line of that. So thank you to my sponsor, which is uh, Kangaroo Firm Media Lab. It's a podcast management service. So if you want to launch your own podcast or wanted someone to manage it, so just book now with kangaroofirm.com. It's Australian independent podcast. So it's based in Australia. And yeah, so, and also thank you so much for your time, Janet for your, I know you've been busy uh, during this time. So thank you for your time and um, guest our tribe podcast under Oswald Syndicate as well. And thank you to web host. Our web host is myios.com. And also if you want to get some merch, so merchpedal.com as well. So check them and support them as well. Thank you so much for another episode of Tribe Podcast under Oswald Syndicate. Thank you. Thank you, Miko. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Make sure to visit our website at www.ospodsyndicate.com.au where you can subscribe to the show in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or via RSS so you'll never miss a show. While you're at it, if you found value in this show, rate and review this podcast and share it with your friends. You can also join the conversation with Ospod Syndicate on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Please consider on making a donation to help us keep making the podcast you love. If you have any questions, we are Independent Podcast Network. We are Guerrilla Podcast Syndicate. Would you like to hear your brand while supporting quality podcasts? Contact us now at advertise at guerrillapodcastsyndicate.com. Are you ready to finally start your own podcast? Maybe you already have one, but need a podcast manager to help you level up. We're here for either. Book a call at www.kangaroofern.com www.kangaroofern.com